Controlled America, the no bullshit bearer of doom and gloom, opium free broadcast. The most important hour of your day. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. My name is Josh. That is my guest tonight, Luke Coffee, And this is the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose. We're live with you Monday through Thursday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. This is where we bring you the unfolding global conspiracy of communism coming to America. Of the Great Reset, Agenda 2030, Agenda 2050, of the satanic cabal and their reign to usurp the sovereignty of the United States, to take down the United States Constitution. United States of America, she is on her knees, and she is waiting for her last blow from the globalists. But you know what? There's good people out there. There's good people out there that stand up for what's right. There's good people out there that stand up for what needs to be done in this country. And we're seeing some momentum. We're going to talk about a lot of that momentum, some things that Donald Trump did on True Social yesterday. We're going to talk about an extension of what we talked about yesterday on our show, Cue the Storm. And kind of get a little bit deeper into that, what we can see in projections uh, for the midterms, November, December, so on and so forth. Talk a little bit about that. We're going to get into that. But first, we get to talk to this guy. You know, I met this guy in Dallas, Texas at the Reckoning Fest. And I'm like, look at him. I'm like, dude, I know you from somewhere. I'm like, I, I recognize him. I recognize him. They didn't know who I was. So I went up and we started talking. Well, he's an actor, a filmmaker, right? He is one man who happened to be at January 6th. And he's, well, he hasn't gone through as hell as much people, but he's gone through fucking hell because of what happened there. But not only that, is he has an incredible story to tell. An incredibly story, incredible story from the ground of what was really happening there on the scene. And so I hope everybody welcomes us, Luke Coffee here. And you can find him at Instagram, at Luke Warm Coffee. I guess he, Warm's not his middle name, I don't think so. But what's up, Luke? How we doing, man? Hey, Josh. Good to see you, brother. Good to see you again. You as glad well, to, man. You as well. Glad to be, be uh, with you tonight. Well, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. And, you know... This is a part of of our topic that we're talking about tonight, January 6th. And I, I think it was uh, Trennis uh, when we were out there that said, you know, listen, I don't think the liberals understand that if we wanted an insurrection on January 6th, we would have had one. Yes, the, the country with the most uh, guns uh, per capita and per citizen, I think, uh, would have showed up at least with one gun if there was a planned insurrection. So that's kind of the joke of the narrative that it's quickly falling apart and so i'm glad to help punch holes in that story and what the mainstream press is using for political propaganda against us patriots and god-fearing americans that love this country and love the constitution and the constitutional republic and don't want it to change mm -hmm. and uh we don't want this one world globalist cabal to take over um and put us in a communistic state um like that is quickly happening if we don't wake up others and stand up for truth and righteousness. I 100% agree. Now, you were at, you, you've had some, an incredible life, by the way. <clears throat> I mean, you, you, you've acted in Hollywood. Um, you had a, um, an event that happened in your life, which was very dr dr traumatic um, and life-changing, bringing you the God. And then you have January 6th, where you do this other thing, 
Um, and it, it was kind of a, a, a divine intervention in a sense. Wouldn't you say that? I mean, kind of what happened there on January 6th. Uh, but feel free. I mean, go ahead and tell us as much as you want about yourself as well as going right into January 6th. Well, I started my career. I've been in the film and uh, film and advertising industry for the last uh, 20 years now. I started off moving from Texas directly uh, to L.A. after college and just being thrown in into Hollywood, um, Hollyweird, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I saw very early on just how controlled our media is, especially our mainstream media, and just how many checks and balances are from really people in suits that are, there's an agenda or there's, it's very, um, I did see, um, I was actually on a podcast last or a couple of days ago talking about the satanic side of Hollywood and what I experienced out there. But I was told the first job I got was, uh, at Warner brothers. Um, and the, the two executive producers sat me down and said, we're going to offer you the job, but we know you're a conservative Christian from Texas but you need to know that this town is run by a homosexual and Jewish mafia. Mm -hmm. And this is the first, this is day two, Josh, when I had never been to LA and I, I started laughing. I said that I know that stereotype, but is that, are y'all pulling my leg you effing with me? And, and they said, no, we're completely serious. We create stars and we create careers here. We don't uh, discover them. And we know that you have, you know, convictions probably of your own, but this is our, town out here so keep in your lane if you want to be successful and uh so it was it was a crazy just thrown in the fire um of hollywood and just uh you know another quick story is they drove me they took me out to lunch to a, a place in west hollywood which is the uh the very homosexual area and by the way i um i don't i'm not judging uh I don't have it. I'm not homophobic. Mm -hmm. I do. I'm, I don't agree with the lifestyle, but I'm not homophobic here when I tell these, you know, these stories of, of Hollywood, but there is truly a gay mafia and a, and it's a satanic Jewish mafia. I think it's the synagogue. It's what, you know, Christ talks about the synagogue of Satan, those that say that they are Jews, but are not. So, um, and it's, it's part of this, you know, uh, Masonic, uh, 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 Illuminati, uh, you know, that's all out there. Uh, that's basically the brotherhood. It's uh, Babylonian, uh, you know, uh, religion and, and stuff. But getting into more what I saw immediately the first week, they took me to a restaurant and it was it was a it was a gay restaurant. But when I got in there, we sat right. This is day three or four. And uh, we sat right probably 10 feet from this booth. And I didn't remember his name at the time, but it was Kevin Spacey. And I, I, he had a probably a 14 or 15 year old in his lap and he was kind of snuggling and kissing on um, this. It was a boy, a 15 year old teenager. And I was, I immediately brought it up and pointed out, is that a uh, Kaiser Sose over there? The character he played in Usual, Usual Suspects. Suspect, yeah. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> I said, yeah, that's Kevin Spacey. And I go, well, well is this a, a gay restaurant because that that looks like a kid over there and they said luke what do we say this is our town we make our own rules stay in your lane so that was like my introduction week one to uh the studio system and hollywood and uh really just you know started working on at the warner brothers a lot um was on that show it's called everwood for 
um, the first nine months. And then I switched over to a show called Las Vegas. And um, yeah, so I was out there for about six years, working 90 plus hours in the Hollywood, uh, you know, studio system, working in TV. And I was working 60 to 80 hours a week. Um, so I saw, and then I had young friends that were in the, the, the young Hollywood um, crowd. I had a, two guys that had already kind of made it. And uh, so I was by, you know, I was in their entourage and did go to these exclusive kind of parties and, and bar and exclusive nights for just the A-listers. But because I was with these guys, I was able to, to go in. Um, so I just saw the underbelly of, of Hollywood. Didn't see, um, always heard about this island that where anything goes and, um, you know, sex island is, was what, you know, mm -hmm. people referred it to where all these Hollywood and DC elites would go and they had, you know, get, you know, gay prostitutes, uh, women, um, and then children. So that was talked about, that was back in 2003, 2004, 2005, when I was hearing about what I believe was Epstein Island. Um, Howard Weinstein, you know, Steen was talked about, everybody knew that was like, you know, one of the other secrets out there that just everybody kept um, I mean, it was known that there was casting couch, but it went both yep. ways. So there was, you know, gay, uh, gay executive producers that would expect if you want the role, you're going to do this and, or do that. And I was offered pretty much a role on a new show with a character's name was Luke. And if I let these executive producers have their way with me and they were three men, you know, probably 20 years older than me. So this is part of the, the, uh, demonic kind of <laughs> accepted lifestyle out there i found out it was the the show shot in utah but in the first couple of days after i got hired found out i was one of the only uh uh straight men or if the not the only straight guy on this particular show all the crew and actors it was chris pratt's first show actually but they shot it in utah and the writers and the producers i mean there were some females that were you know straight but I was kind of the weird Texan that was wearing, <laughs> wearing uh, you know, Wranglers and uh, Red Wing boots. And, you know, I, st I st stood out like a sore thumb and they call me Tex or Cowboy. And, and I was the weird one because I, I, I liked women and they made it very, uh, like it was like working, I always describe it, it's working in a, uh, a super gay locker room, like the talking, the, the sexual, I mean, I, I, I even said it to the guys, it was like, you know, I, I played college football, I didn't hear this stuff in the, the football locker room about women so it's just and he's like well we're, we're guys we're guys just like you Luke so it's a little different so it was just they tried to kind of make me feel uncomfortable and less than because I didn't go both ways mm -hmm. and you know they said this role would change your life and I, I said I really came out here to produce and I don't care about the fame and fortune that comes so thank God for my convictions and I had early on a relationship with God that um you know, I think many you hear about leading men that that there's rumors that they're gay. It's because they've likely done, you know, some homosexual acts. And this is the music industry, too, to get in the club. Yeah. And and that becomes blackmail. And that's what, you know, I had a several opportunities to go to the Playboy Mansion, which I think was a honeypot like Epstein Island is. Like that's probably Mossad run or CIA run where they have video cameras everywhere to capture people in compromising situations and they encourage it. They, they provide the opportunity and only to use this power over them. And now they become puppets 
which I believe um, led or were they're building a, a globalist team of you know Hollywood puppets to you know that are in this Illuminati or whatever um, that want to basically that are helping push along the new world order agenda, the demonic liberal order agenda. And if, you know, you really saw it when I really felt called Josh to start calling out these, these are modern day pharaohs and these are modern day golden calves. Mm -hmm. These I'm talking about DC politicians and Hollywood stars that we've elevated to this godlike status. When you have the rock has 600 million you know, Instagram followers and they're watching his every move and all these stars and you're, and they're telling us what, what is good for our health that we need to mask up because it saves lives that stay home and stay safe, get the, get the clot shot because uh, you know, everyone's doing it and it's, it's for the greater good, which is by the way, the most communistic uh, term that's for the greater good. And that's the trick of the devil to me is saying, you know, oh, it's 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 for love. It's out of love. We get vaccinated like citizen cattle and line up like man sheep. You know, ready to. Well, get that's why it. I got the shirt that says "fuck your feelings." <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and that's what they do. They use feelings over facts, and we're living in this time where truth has been escorted out the door. And it's no, it's my truth. If there's not absolute truth anymore. Like it, it's it's insanity. We're living mm-hmm. in the upside down. And it's a clown world where literally, like, I identify. It, we're, I heard a comedian last night say, <laughs> he said, we're treating children as, as adults and adults as children. And it's like, you want a hamburger? Well, get you, you got to bring in, get your booster shot, mm-hmm. show me your band aid, talking to a 40 year old man. And then meanwhile, we're allowing children to decide whether they cut off their genitalia and, and, or not, or flap and fold and become a woman and stop doing, you know, uh, stop doing puberty uh, or stop doing uh, hormones during puberty. So we're doing hor- hormone blockers and we're letting a child that, you know, I, I used to think I was a pirate when I was a kid or wanted to be a pirate, but my parents didn't chop off my leg, Josh. And, yeah. and say, well, they gave me an eye patch and, and uh, you know, a, a pirate hat. And uh, then a couple of weeks later, I realized I'm not a gay pirate, you know? So, uh, <laughs> yep. so it's just like, this is what, you know, children have, you know, a big imagination. We're letting them decide, but we're supposed to behave as we're letting these authoritarian, totalitarian figures that that people have, we're living in this time where we put idols, it's idols of self. You know, we're living, we're, we're showing our food, everything we're documented on Instagram and Facebook, our whole lives. Like we're the star of our own reality show and, and we're mimicking these, you know, Idols, uh, idolatry. Heroes. It's just yeah, it's, yes. it's idol worship. It's idolatry. It's idolatry. Mm-hmm. It's idolatry is itself. And if you look at, you know, I really do believe where we could be in the the last hours, the last days, where lovers of self, good is evil, evil is good. So we're seeing that prevail. But we know in the end, God wins, and uh, His light is shining over the the darkness. So really, leading up to what happened to January sixth, I really did hear. I've heard God speak to me, and I'll, I'll share like. I yeah. lost what led me back from Texas was I did, I was crossing a uh, uh, Hollywood intersection and I met this woman that was a Texas girl and she was just such a bright light in a dark city in the city of demonic angels. Um, she came like just out there with this fresh new uh, 
uh, spirit about her that I hadn't seen out there from, there were beautiful women out there, but not like this, this woman and, and the Texas women actually. But, uh, so she came out there and really led me back to the Lord. And then uh, about uh, a year and a half later, we were celebrating how everything had happened as we planned it. The night I met her, I told her I was going to marry her. And, and literally three hours before our accident, we had been celebrating it and written her a love note. So God gave me a beautiful like close to our, our life on this earth. But we were crossing a, a Hollywood intersection and her heel came out of her shoe and I put her over my... Uh, my shoulder, uh, like a fireman would. And that's, we were in a crosswalk and we were hit by a car going up as a 90 miles per hour and wow. a 30 and it killed Elizabeth immediately. And, um, uh, and I was a miracle that I survived. So through that great trial in my life and storm, like I was really, that I, I had been praying for, uh, uh, brokenness because if you look at all the great, the great, uh, the great leaders, the great heroes of, of in biblical times and in, in scripture, they, they always have the, they have these redemption stories. You know, they, Paul was killing Christians and he went on to, uh, you know, write many of the, the books of, of the new Testament. Um, you, you look at all the disciples, um, they were, they came from broken places and, and that's what our, the God I believe in is a God of redemption. And he, he is, uh, he is, he's a servant, God that, that came and served his, uh, us on this earth. But anyway, through my brokenness, God, I really, you know, I, he did give me some miracles and that's, um, and I really, you know, I know that he is a providential sovereign God. He's the author of our, our life story and he allows bad things to happen in this world, but he also wants to use his people to be salt and light in this broken world. So anyway, after that, that was, that was a very hard uh, thing, but that led me back to Texas and um, really fast forward, God took me through that storm and really uh, solidified my faith in Jesus and um, just my view of the world that we are characters living through this journey. I don't believe this is our final home. So we're living through this journey on our way home. And so we're going to be, there's, there's not, I'm a story guy. I'm a storyteller. There's no, uh, there's got to be some inciting incidents, uh, incidents in our lives um, where there's a, a chance for redemption, you know, mm -hmm. and there's a chance to trust God or, or to, you know, veer off and try to do it on our own. And I think if we truly trust in those moments that God works um, in his timing. And so six months before uh, January 6th happened, uh, I really did hear the voice of the Lord say, Luke, I'm going to take you through a dark storm and you're going to lose your your business some family and friend friends and your reputation but i want you to start speaking out and speaking your convictions and using your social media platforms and um your voice um uh, to be uh be loud for my truth and expose the darkness and the lies and and he said i'll redeem you in my timing so um and i'll give you an opportunity to share my truth and uh share my glory. So that's where I am now. So fast forward to six months later, uh, that's where January 6th, a buddy wanted to go out there and be present patriotically, let ourselves uh, be present and, and our voices be heard. Um, we had no intention. We weren't domestic terrorists, had no plan to do that um, as it's you know, as it's assumed by that many of us had some kind of right. greater, you know, dark plan to take over the Capitol with, I had a crutch in my hand that I was going to storm the Capitol yeah. with a, an evil medical aluminum with medical cell crutch. phones and, and, and sticks. 
Yeah, yes, exactly. So, it, you know, and, and people in costumes and, you know, I mean, yeah. it's just, it's, it's laughable, but I, I describe it when I, so I did go out there, but I wanted, I was like, man, I'd love to document it. I'm, I'm a filmmaker in the last 14 years. I've had my own production company in Dallas that, and commercials have been my bread and butter, but I've also made a couple documentaries and some feature films. So I went out there thinking like, oh man, I want, I'm going to take two cameras and document the, uh, stop the steel rally at the ellipse and i've described it it was it was really a magical day not black magic or white magic but a supernatural day i felt like at the ellipse and even leading up to my i didn't get up to uh the capitol it it's all about four o'clock so i was filming people um and interviewing them i mean it was there was just a sea of patriots uh, you know god-fearing god-loving americans everywhere and it was all race, creed, you know, uh, uh, you know, rich, poor, didn't matter. It was just, and, and, and there were, there were a lot of costumes and mm -hmm. it, I describe it as like a American tailgate party slash uh, music festival meets a revival. Cause there are also like Jesus saves flags everywhere. People gathering together and just praying for our country because, uh, and then Cuban Americans and, um, Chinese Americans that had escaped Cuba and, and the CCP were, you know, had big banners warning that communism was knocking, knocking on our, on our, uh, on the front door that we were very close to it. They saw the writing on the wall and they were there to warn the people. And so I, uh, I literally stayed for an hour or two after Trump's speech and was just like enjoying uh, interviewing people. And I was following the last bit of the crowd. I got lost from my buddy and uh, I ended up uh, was going to go back to my hotel and charge my batteries, uh, Josh, and, because my batteries were dead. My phone was dead. Yeah. And I, I, my dad had called several people had called and warned me not to go to the Capitol. I was, I knew nothing about what had started at the Capitol and had been going on in the breach or whatever. Uh, but as I, I actually got interviewed on this radio show, and somebody had pulled me aside and was interviewed and, you know, and I, and this is another thing that God told me that the last thing he said, a great veil or curtains falling that, uh, and the veil is going to be lifted. That's going to show a lot of deception that has been going on in this world. And, um, which alludes to a great awakening of sorts, um, where we are all, we find out that we've been lied to, you know, and that we've, and it's been going on for a long time, you know, nothing is new under the sun. It's mm -hmm. just, but God is, I think uh, I, I always say it's a Luke eight seventeen moment in history where all things in the dark are being, all things hidden are being revealed. All things whispered in the dark are shouted from, are going to be shouted from the rooftops. And that's what I'm trying to do. That's what you're trying to do, Josh. That's uh, thank God for alternative media and that they haven't uh, blocked us yet off the internet or, or shut you down. Um, but I'm, I'm, I feel very called to expose that day and, and also uh, remind people that, Let's stop putting our hope in, in a man, you know, or a, a savior-like figure. God can use man, and, and he will, but if it's, we have lost our morality. And if you look at every great, uh, every great nation has fallen, really, at the end, it's the morality, the, the destruction uh, of uh, morals and losing uh, God in, mm -hmm. in a society it's where anything goes. Do as thou wilt, as, as the satanic Bible says. Do anything you feel. It's your truth. Do whatever. You know, so it's it's just, it's that's the great deception. Be your own God. 
You know, that's why Lucifer fell from heaven because he thought he could be his own God. He was the most beautiful one. And he and a third of his angels took, came down. And, and so they're preaching that same lie that you can be your own God. You know, Josh Reed, you don't need any God. You, you're, you, you know, so that's what we're seeing where you could be, if you're a kitty cat, Josh, yeah. you could be a kitty cat. Yeah. yeah. You, you yeah. can now, and we could put a kitty litter in your in your office. And <laughs> you know? So anyway, getting to what happened to the Capitol. So as I was walking back from this interview, I was headed back to my hotel and three young guys that really stood out like a sore thumb that didn't look like Trump, typical Trump supporters were, uh, came up saying, there's people dying inside the Capitol. We need patriots. We need patriots. And I, I had been told by Alex Stein, my uh, yep. and, uh, my conservative comedian friend, who has actually blown up in the last since January sixth, and Glenn Beck's about to give him his own show at Blaze, which is pretty amazing. But anyway, he I was actually live streaming on the way there. He has a show called Conspiracy Castle. I mean, at the time it was getting maybe two or three thousand views, and and I was live streaming um, on my way out there, and uh, ended up live streaming on the way back, trying to expose that this was indeed a false flag and, and what they're saying in the media was just so blatantly uh, a lie and a deception but um he and another guy had warned me another guy was a, a former naval intelligence officer he's like coffee be careful there could be like false flag antifa you know blm or even our own government you know plants uh provocateurs you know making this incident out of uh in using trump supporters as the scapegoats you know which we know that that was a correct uh assumption correct yeah. yeah prediction so i i felt god tell me to go up there and de-escalate and pray and so i immediately like i was led i don't i mean it was wild i was led right up to the west side terrace tunnel through, incident there were 30 to forty thousand people like a stadium of people already there up mm -hmm. at the capitol and that's what's so crazy about a lot of us j6 defendants Every one of us has four of the same charges, one of which is trespassing. I saw no uh, barriers. I saw no cops saying, do not walk past here. I saw um, uh, no signs that say, do not enter. So, you know, they, they I guess, should give thirty to 40,000 people uh, misdemeanors trespassing if that's, the, if that's the case, that we were tr all trespassing. So anyway, um, I made my way up to the West Side Terrace Tunnel. That's where uh, there were several, there were, there were men saying the same line. It was like a scripted line to me that there are people dying. It was inside the tunnel. We need Patriots. There's people dying inside there. And right around, I guess, Ashley Babbitt had, had been uh, shot and, and killed. So that, that um, news was spreading and there's a woman they killed. They even killed a woman, but they were mm -hmm. saying multiple people were dying inside and this, but they were all walking away towards the Capitol, which was just very strange. Like, why don't you go? Why aren't you going inside? And they're like, oh, I, I, I got to go check on something. And they had different reasons. And, and, and so I went up there with my head on a swivel looking for anomalies and, uh, uh, and evidence that this was not what, um, what was happening. But it, there were literally people like singing the Star Spangled Banner, like beautifully singing it. So 99% of the people that day were peaceful. Yep. Uh, peaceful as heck, just there present around the Capitol. And, and, uh, and that's, you don't see, you don't turn and see that view on the news. Right. You see, you see like strategically placed 
cameras that got the, you know, and I did see, you know, as a film guy, I saw like a high end $50,000, $60,000 broadcast camera with on a tripod with a small crew around it. It was set up right at the West Side Terrace Tunnel. And that, by the way, is the one, the, the, the view and the shot that they showed over and over because that's where the most violence between the, uh, the, the, the DC Metro and Capitol Police and the rioters happened. So it was, and they didn't walk up there um, when all, after all this began, they were planted, ready to shoot this. It was like, that's where, uh, you know, as a director, uh, it felt like a live action show almost right. at it, that, that they were shooting at like a Universal Studios amusement park. Well, they, they knew the show. exact angles to oh, have yeah. their cameras placed. They knew exactly where everything was going to culminate at. Yes, absolutely. And Gateway put this in one of the articles they, they did a, a, about my experience there. But I walked by a guy that had blood running down his face and it looked really uh, dark blood and, and syrupy. And as I got closer, I mean, I was going to, I saw him and I was like going to wipe the blood off. But as I got closer, I was like, that is freaking stage blood. Mm. And I've worked at, as an actor, I've worked with stage blood. So I wiped it off his face and it was the syrupy stage blood. And he was one of the ones trying to get people in, you know, and not that there weren't real people with bloodied up right. that day, but there were, this guy was like not around where the violence was happening. And it was just very strange. Also saw many people with these, like they had walked out of a mash tent, you know, medical tent with like bandages and just over the top, you know, like, like they had these huge head wounds and stuff, but they're the same provocateurs that are type of people that were trying to escalate, like get people escalated. So, you know, as there were at one point, they were singing amazing grace and firing munitions into this peaceful crowd. And, and the, the median age was like boomer age. These, right. I overheard people, multiple people complaining about having to walk a mile and a half from the ellipse to the Capitol because, you know, they, they were so old and there were a bunch of retirees, old people. Like, that's the other joke of the whole thing. That the medium age was like, you know, 65, like they were all recruited to go and take over the capital um, and, and uh, take over the government. So anyway, so the I was I was showing the people this is this is fake blood, people calm right. down, everybody calm down. I got on uh, I got on a bullhorn. I said, we don't riot. They're trying to escalate this. They're going to use this against us. Borrowed it from somebody and gave it back. And then it started getting, it started escalating at the West Side Terrace Tunnel as I was walking up there. And they kept saying people are dying inside. And there started a heave, ho, heave, ho. They were actually saying that. And I believe there were people in, in, that were pushing from behind that were, you know, agents or whatever to escalate. And, and if, if you look at the, the, I've looked at the three and a half hour long video in the tunnel from the inside, they opened, they had it completely open. Let people walk in, patriots walk in and go into the Capitol. It was unguarded. And then all of a sudden they started coming out and pushing out. So now this looks more violent. This looks, you know, perfect for TV, made for TV moment, you mm -hmm. know, and, and so which escalated everything. And there were there were patriots that were pissed. There was there was mob mentality. So I don't I don't want to be I don't want to say it was all plants, it was all, you know. BLM Antifa, which I did see. I know Antifa. We were there was a person breaking the window. They were in full uh, black uh, ro black uh, rock or block gear, and and everybody's yelling Antifa, Antifa, Antifa. You know, trying to expose that right. this was not Trump people. 
So as this heave ho started, around the same time, inside the tunnel, they released this uh, special kind of, it's supposedly a military-grade chemical gas that actually removes the O2 from the atmosphere. And um, if you, uh, there's a, the real story of January 6th, a documentary I was part of, the Epic Times did, where they yep. interviewed and told part of my story, or majority of my story, um, they Stan Kephart is a uh, use of force expert that's testified at over 500 federal uh, trials. And um, I'm hoping that he'll testify at mine as well. But he basically talked about the use of force, how excessive it was that day based on he's seen all this video. There's, you know, there's upwards of 20,000 hours. I have in, in my, uh, I was allowed to see this um it's it's actually log into a uh, server and there's twenty thousand hours of audio and video. I mean it's it's it's, it's Crazy. overwhelming and I think they're doing that to overwhelm the defense. You know because it's you look I could type in Luke Coffee and it'd be like Officer Luke Rodriguez got his coffee. So right, it's like right. there's you know point three percent of of what's in there is of my case, but that's what I think they're trying to do is overwhelm these these uh, defense attorneys. And these caseloads, um, because there's so much evidence that most of which is not even, uh, you know, for that particular case. But anyway, so they deployed this this gas, this 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 gas, this chemical gas, and it became it became like pandemonium. And because people couldn't breathe, um, that's where Roseanne Boylan uh, was also. Uh, she collapsed. Um, so people passed out out of literally not being able to breathe but they were also trying to get out of there and the heave ho people were pushing from behind so it became this waterfall if you will that overflowed outside of the tunnel down the stairs and it, and it was traumatic you know i've been through some trauma so i think i was able to keep my poise and everything but there were people four to five pe- people deep um on top of each other and people still trying to get out and uh and there were women yelling, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, help me, help me. And so I had, had was able to clear that waterfall and was kind of right on the outside, but was able to grab some of the hands underneath the pile. And with no luck, um, was I able to pull them out. So that's where there's a video of me saying, stop, let's pray, right. let's pray. Um, and, uh, and I honestly think, Josh, that they wanted more deaths that day. They were, I think they were ready to unload and fire upon peaceful people. And they wanted a, you know, they wanted a color revolution type yeah. uh, event, you know? And, and I think if there weren't so many people praying against what was going on, it was so clear good and evil that was battling that day and just peaceful people that ha- didn't want anything to do with this. And they wanted it to be es- de-escalated. And there were other good men like myself that were trying to do that, which, you know, they, they focused on the heroes, uh, the hero cops that were actually the most violent that day and fired munitions onto, uh, you know, a peaceful crowd. There were four people that died that day, you know, not no cops, no police were killed like Joe Biden continuously uh, says to propagandize the American people. There were four people, Roseanne Boylan, Ashley Babbitt, Benjamin Phillips, and Kevin Greeson. Both of the gentlemen died with munitions hitting by, uh, hitting them or near their, their body right. and causing them to get, to have heart attacks. Uh, and so we, you know, if this was a black lives matter rally, you know, let's be honest, like we, we would know all their names, but right. because this is conservative protest 
to stop the steal the that that was the true insurrection that um, that November fourth. You know, nobody knows. We know Ashley Babbitt. Many people haven't heard about Roseanne Foylan, and they've used my me to cover it up, like the lies about my story to cover it up, and that's what I'm going to continue to expose. But so as people began to overflow, um, yeah. So I asked to stop and pray, and and it did calm down for a moment. People were. You know, I thought people were going to be uh, trampled to death or uh, die from just asphyxiation. Asphyxiation. Sorry. And uh, so, you know, that's and I think there were so many people praying that it it was only um, Roseanne, unfortunately, that that did pass away. But then it started kind of calming down. People got off the pile and uh, and it was a very small window because then some people that didn't look like Trump's were started going and bashing the cops there was a break in the storm you know right and then it was like they were told to keep it going keep it going and uh so that's where there was a group of men and right before it i was like i heard god say go stand in the gap right go stand in the gap and um but there were a couple men that that also this helped prompt me but they were saying we need to stop this from escalating again. And, and it's like, well, I'm worried about my family and my business. And I was like, I'm a single guy. I'm 43 with my own business. I'll go up there. So I went up there and um, I was immediately sprayed with two different kinds of chemical spray, I'm told, and then beat um, with multiple people by with baton. But Lila Morris, um, a DC Metro cop that we should also know her name, right? Because she had this violent uh, rage. And, and there's also rumors um, that a, another defendant overheard Lila say, I can't wait to go beat on some effing Trump supporters mm. just about 15 to 20 minutes before. So they, they were either in, told to, to uh, continue to beat or just had this rage. We know some, uh, many of them were BLM supporters and all that and hated Trump. 97% of DC voted for Biden, if that tells you anything. So um Anyway, so I was being hit also by Lila Morris, who was in, you know, I interrupted from hitting a downed Roseanne Boylan, and she was beating us with a, what my first lawyer thought was a tree branch, but it was like a walking stick. Hmm. And so, um, which I don't think that's uh, police protocol, Josh. No, absolutely um, not. Using, using a random big stick to beat on. Uh, so she was beating me and, and uh, then started on the head of a downed unconscious Roseanne Boylan. Um, and, and there's, uh, evidence that she was still alive, um, because she started bleeding after that and, um, dead people don't bleed. So, um, that, that was, you know, I, the New York times tried to get in front of that story and said that, um, they cited me as stopping and preventing them from rendering aid to Roseanne Boylan. Right. Of course. And, and I'm charged with stop um, stopping Lila Morris. One of my charges are um, well are, are uh, preventing Lila Morris from from uh, doing her job. Mm. Um, so I guess that was you know that's one of they cite her and one other cop from that day. So um, it ends up like I was sprayed and I I didn't know um, that she was right at my left boot. She was literally right next to my left boot. Um, but I, and I couldn't see cause I was blinded. So I ended up, but I could barely see a crutch had been thrown up there a minute before. I mean, one second, um, I'm told before I walked up there 
And so I picked it up and put it over my, yep. you know, head, you know. Um, we got the picture up right here. So you're okay. in the gap. You got the crutch up. You're standing the archway. Yeah. And I, I wanted to make myself like a wall, a barrier between the, the rioters. And, uh, and they kept spraying the cops, kept spraying me, hit me. I said, we're all Americans, guys. Stop. I said, stop upwards of 14 times. And I said, you know, a family divided will not stand. You know, I mean, I was trying to, you know, I was like, you know, trying to make it clear and I was six to seven feet away from this line of, you know, there are 30 to 40 um, police in full riot gear with, you know, with shields and, and gas masks and, mm -hmm. and, and face masks. And, and uh, so they kept continued hitting me from multiple. So I turned around and was saying it to the crowd and they kept hitting me in the back. And so I turned back and put the, the crutch right in front of me like this and leaned into the line and pushed against them. And they're saying, um, that was uh, a felony assault with a deadly weapon, um, the crutch being the deadly weapon. And three to five seconds is, uh, is where I more violently pushed against them, um, which uh, is, is, is wild to me because it was out of duress and I had no yep. intent to even use the, the crutch as any kind of weapon. And I think it's clear the reason, well, the reason I was let out of prison uh, or two different judges um, said that, well, it looks like he was more pushing and not using it as uh, a weapon and that he was trying to be a peacemaker. So, which was my total intent that day. But what's disgusting is they went on to say that Lila Morris died of an Adderall overdose. Rose, Rose, Roseanne Boylan. Roseanne Boylan. Yeah, yeah, Roseanne Boylan. Sorry. Roseanne Boylan died of an Adderall overdose. That's what they're saying in the press. They mocked her as I a QAnon this, yep. uh, conspiracy theorist. CNN did a little mini doc on her mocking her and saying well, this is what a radicalized uh, uh conspiracy theorist you know patriot looks like and uh you know she's crazy basically just totally in her death through her like just i mean it's disgusting what they did and, yeah. and it was and then they so the other side of this they elevated lila morris along with four other uh, police officer Fanone, um the large african-american guy and um and to and the Hispanic guy, I forget his name, but elevated into to hero status. I actually took them to the Super Bowl um, into the suite at the Super Bowl and and made them uh, heroes of the January sixth. Um, one of those people we know um, either murdered or attempted to murder Roseanne Boylan um, if she was already deceased, and and she is being celebrated and glorified as a hero from that day. So uh, it's, it's been disgusting what the press has done about all of us defendants that day, you know, including MAGA grandma, um, yeah. blanking out her, her name, but she did 60 days in, in prison. She's 69 years old, has late term cancer. And, you know, what they've done to use weaponize the media, the, the legacy media against us uh, at for, to further uh, discount our and try to rip apart our lives. I mean, I've lost my, you know, like many others, lost my business yeah. pretty much. And, and uh, you know, half my family doesn't speak to me because they have bought into the propaganda that I'm a radicalized domestic terrorist. Uh, one of my family members sent a George Washington University uh, study that cites me along with the other 970 of us um, as, you know, looking into the radic what what a radicalized domestic terrorist oh, looks like you know and christian nationalists and uh so 
we are the enemy of the state. Uh, you know, so that I think this was the beginning. Uh, well, the Patriot Act was the beginning yeah, um, well, for them to yeah. this police state. Uh, but for us to, you know, they they cited I was I, I, I was hopeful in that there were white hats in the queue thing. And they used that against me. And, uh, you know, on my whole drive home on Alex Stein's show, the conspiracy castle, I was breaking down everything I saw. And I was like, what the media is telling you is a lie. And I think they targeted me more because I, they were watching me. And part of my discovery is two of the shows I was on and is literally saying these things. They yeah. nuked me off Facebook, which um, I use because I'm in media. I had, you know, 8,000 people or whatever co uh, contacts. That's the way I used to advertise my company. They completely nuked me um, and took my account down after you know, uh, 14, 15 years. Couldn't have access to any of my content. Yep, I had the same thing uh, happen to me. Yep. Same thing happened to you, and I was shadow banned on. Uh, I was trying to expose this, and I knew I, uh, I knew there was a chance because they were uh, they they were starting to uh, that they were going to use. Um, I knew I'd pushed against the cops, but I you know I didn't think they would charge me what they did. But I I I, I was notified by a bunch of people that I'm on the FBI most wanted list, and it's literally my still picture yeah. of me saying "Stop, let's pray." That's my FBI most uh, wanted, and they oh, called yeah. like they had all these. I think they they have the technology. This is just my um, opinion, but they, without a doubt, have the technology to do facial recognition. Oh yeah, but yeah. This yeah. is part of the shock and awe and and the shaming of anybody there that day that they had. I mean, they had billboards in Dallas. Do you know anyone that attended the Stop the Steal rally? Not not that was at the Capitol that attended. There were upwards of two million people. They believe there. That well, day. you had this lady. So like, um, you had this lady the other day, like uh, like two or three days ago, who's um. 55 years old, and she's in stage four cancer. She's up in her bedroom, and, like, her daughter comes up and says, the FBI is at the door with guns. She goes downstairs, and the FBI is like, you're, we had an anonymous source that you were at January 6th. And, and like, like, seriously? An anonymous source. Right. Exactly. A liberal neighbor who didn't like her. No, that's what I had. I had friends. I, I know of several friends that turned me into the FBI. I thought I was radicalized by what I had been posting about the vaccine and about the uh, COVID. And I mean, I was already that's my own family thought I'd been radicalized by the Internet. And <laughs> and, uh, you know, this Texas Monthly article, um, which this guy totally manipulated me. He was a former WAPO you know, writer, but basically used the whole um, thing that I was. I was I was uh, radicalized by the dark web through QAnon and uh, postings and and I th I think there's a cabal that runs the world which I do I yeah. mean so they they're just mocking us I mean I do believe that I believe there's human trafficking I believe there's uh, you know pedophiles that run run our country so that that's true FBI they're because they're watching all my content by the way anything I'm putting out there and a part of hi FBI. So, Hey, Michael Hillman, <laughs> Agent Michael Hillman. How are you doing, sir? Jim. Uh, we, we know Jim. Yeah. Jim's our guy. Jim. Okay. Hey, Jim. <laughs> anyway, so they're watching us like, you know, we're on the list, and I have been. But it, it, I actually had a – I went to Baylor University in Waco, mm -hmm. Texas, and I had a uh, FBI agent that was the first to recognize me um, in D.C. Uh, that, that first uh, came up with a name. But they also had this uh, ins uh, insurrection hunters, sedition hunters, um, these online dor dorks, these losers that were sleuths that could have, for all we know, be CIA yeah. operatives. But 
that named me the high five uh, crutch cowboy, you know, or, and uh, so like they were all looking for, so they had <laughs> trying to expose me and then they found me and he's like a filmmaker actor. And so then it became like Friday night lights. I've, I did one off small role on Friday night lights. Of course, that was the clickbait that Friday yep. night lights actor beats uh, the cops with a, uh, with a crutch. I beat them. Okay. So that is beating, pushing them like that with extended hands. So, um, and they said I killed Officer Sicknick in one article. So the propaganda was well, just. And I was shouldn't, one of shouldn't that be libel? I mean, are, you should be able to sue the shit out of them for, for doing that because that's what ruined your business. That's what's ruined you financially in life is those types of accusations, and you should be able to just go, I wouldn't say go get Lynn Wood, but I'd say go get a good libel or uh, attorney and, and, well, and start pushing back. So I do have a defamation uh, attorney friend that was, was uh, going to, or he wants to help me. He's looking for anything that comes out of all the media I started yeah. doing. But uh, the, we missed the uh, we missed the time frame. It was Ugh. the statute of limitations of only a year in Texas, and I like. Well, I you need to act as a liberal. Write yeah. the editor of those editorials and say, "Hey, you need to update this with new information." Yeah, you're right. You're right. I just I, I'm I'm more. I put it out there and mock it. So I mean, it's, yeah. it's more of a you know. I, I'm I was already speaking out. I think mainstream media is the enemy of the state, enemy of the people. And they're used as a weaponized arm of, of this globalist, uh, these globalist uh, agenda and the new world order. I mean, it's just I believe that that January 6th was a not just a deep state job, but it was a glo- It was part of the globalist. Well, yeah, plan. they needed Joe Biden to get into office and they could absolutely they, they couldn't allow Donald Trump to even come near that or win. They, they couldn't even allow an armed insurrection. Now, for all the liberals out there listening, for anybody that's out there that is potentially a liberal and looking at this and scoffing at us right now, understand that if we wanted a revolution, if we wanted a civil war, if we wanted an insurrection on January 6th, we would have had it. And we would have been successful at it. So just understand that. That we didn't want that. We didn't want anything to do with that. That was not the intention of the people there. That was not what the people there were there to do. That's not what the, most of the people, 96% of the people that went into the Capitol, that's not what they did. They were, they were walking in single file lines taking pictures through the Capitol. I yeah, mean, in a roped off, in a roped yeah. off lane, you know? <laughs> so, so, I mean, that's what the whole thing, I mean, they had, they had the narrative by the time I got back to the hotel they were already saying it's worse than 9-11. We, we just had 9-11, Josh. How insulting is that for the families that lost people, the 3,000 that died in 9-11, and, the, and, the, and for the New Yorkers that experienced that traumatic, horrible thing that I also believe was an inside job. But I, you know, I, I, do, I do believe that. But to compare those two events, I mean, it's laughable. And that only further gives me evidence as someone that's a conspiratorial theorist that actually is a free thinker which we're demonized to not you know not to uh accept the uh we're demonized because we do not accept the government uh their their narrative and the mainstream narratives that they you know they're behind yeah so you know that they wanted it to be more deadly they wanted more people to die where they could justify coming to take our guns where they could have you know used this i mean because this is all their they're holding on to straws with this January 6th thing. And that laughable Liz Cheney, Adam crying Kissinger show that they put on that was like they had those guys get up and 
cry me a river. I know bad actors. And like those guys to me are all just like deep state puppets or whatever spooks that they have get up there and lie for this stinking narrative to use this to further uh, come after us patriots. And so, I mean, it's just, it's, it's been, you know, to see all that go down, it's, it's been, I mean, it's, they're continuing to use this. So what do we do? We speak truth. We're in an information war. We don't back down. More men need to speak up. I feel like the mama bears started speaking up at, you know, about the vaccines and then the critical race theory and this transgender thing. We need more men, not just men like you, Josh, to have a platform, just everyday men to stand up. I mean, for tyranny to prevail, it takes good men to do nothing. We've, we've already had enough of us do nothing. And, it, and it, it does. Like, I've lost everything, but there's a freedom in, like, standing your, for yep. your conviction. And there's a freedom in losing everything. You know, if you look at 3% of, the, uh, uh, of Americans, patriots, actually fought in the Revolutionary War. You don't hear that in our, 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 uh, in our history books, you know. And, and they, the, those that signed the Declaration of Independence, most of them were uh, elite, those of elite stature that lost everything a lot most of which were killed for what they stood yep. for and and so we're at a place where comfort uh, in america it's, it's like it, as long as i'm comfortable i don't want to ruffle feathers you know and and i think the church has done a horrible job that that's supposed to be you know that we're supposed to turn the other cheek uh-uh jesus didn't turn the other cheek he flipped tables you mm-hmm. know he got pissed and and he wants us to, you know i saw a, a video last night that was talking about uh, Ali, uh, Ali Stuckey from Blaze was talking about Christians, you know, all through history have been the boil onto these communistic, uh, you know, all this communistic regimes, because we know that our freedom comes from God alone. You know, it's not dictated by some man or some king, you know, and that's what, like we are glorifying these people. We need to stop worshiping them, including the king's, the queen's death. That woman was an evil, probably, <laughs> you, but that, uh, you know, that was from the seat of Satan. Who knows? Just one of these. Well, we did. A, so families. if you like conspiracies, last Friday, our show, me and David Whitehead, we did the occult royal families. We went over the bloodlines. We went over how they came from the uh, the Hykesos uh, Hy- uh, Pharisees, how they infiltrated the actual royal bloodlines of David, how they took over the kingships, how what the, the House of Windsor, which is. Saxo Coburg, uh, Gotha was actually f- just fake. They they were infiltrators. They were pirates. Um, and we went over all of this and, and kind of where they all came from, how they're all in the pedophilia, how they all have hemophilia, which is a rare blood disease from the incest that they actually do, which is interesting because one of the treatments for that is blood transfusions. And so you get into the whole aspect of them drinking children's blood and because of the rich iron content that helps with their hemophilia. Um, and, and so we did that last Friday. So it's pretty cool. It, it's, uh, well, it's not, it's cool. It's great information, but it's, it's pretty fucking eye-opening to understand that these people are sick puppies. They are sick puppies. And, and it's where they love that we're worshiping their, you know, them and their deaths and, and, you know, these big ceremonial shit. This is all ritualistic Luciferian stuff um, where they're, trying to take our energy and, 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 um, that's how they thrive off, like feeding off our, the sheep's energy. Right. So as we, the greatest thing we can do is in this information war, cause we are at war, you know, Josh, I don't know, um, is speak out, use our voices, our words have power and be bold. I mean, the more of us that don't comply, cause there's going to be another disease. There's going to be another a pandemic. There's going to be, um, these, a climate lockdown, 
you know, we, we can't comply. We have to use yep. our voices. And I'm saying, FBI, peacefully use our First Amendment rights. I'm not call, calling for a revolt. I'm calling for us to use the greatest thing we can in fighting this information war, the truth. You know, because God is the author of the truth. Okay, and, and we're here, we're living in a very demonic time where Satan's manifesting in all these lies, and it's your truth, you know, this, there's no one truth, and the, the greatest thing we can do is like, no, there is, there is actually reality yep. and absolute truth, so we're, we're standing for that, we're standing on the foundation of the rock, not the sandy bullshit that they come, that, that anything goes, do as thou wilt, you know, yeah. because there's not going to be on this side of heaven, a perfect utopia. We've heard this lie from the beginning of time. And because men are corruptible and let every God, as it says in the Bible, let every man be a liar and God be the truth. Or I think it's God be the truth and every man a liar. If we, if we live by that and not put our hope in these liars that are literally our politicians are actors, people on the world stage, okay? Republican and we Democrat, both sides, you know, and, and there's, there's, there, this structure of we get Coke or Pepsi, we get red or blue, we get donkey or elephant, you know, Republican, Democrat. It's it's there's there's the people, the puppeteers at the top own both teams. So it doesn't matter. They want us to divide, to divide and conquer us. It yep. says it right on our dollar. You know, it says it right there. Order out of chaos. They want chaos so they can order, you know, have well, they control the chaos on the decline to a point of yes. vulnerability, and then they yes. come in with the solutions. Um, yes. Yeah. And so, Luke, look, man, we can find you on Instagram at Luke Warm Coffee. Uh, for everybody out there, this is the documentary that he did with the Epoch Times, the real story of January 6th. You can find this in Rumble. It's also linked up in all of our description boxes below. We'll have a profile up for Luke on the website, so you guys can go there, find those links right there. Let Check me show this right there. He's got the, the DVD sitting up there. Yep, the, the real story of January 6th. And then, Luke, is there any way that they can help or support you? Is there any place to go? Yeah, I am raising, because uh, I'm pretty much living on uh, fumes, but uh, I do have a Gibson Go that a buddy set up for me. It's uh, givesingo.com backslash free coffee. My, my last name's coffee, like the drink. So if you feel led by the Lord, um, I'm going to fight this and I have no intention to, to, uh, take a plea deal unless it's a, uh, misdemeanor with uh, very little, if any time. So just time served. And I've been on home detention for the last 20 months so, mm -hmm. or 19 months. So, um, hopefully that will count for something, but yeah, so thank you for uh, for for the opportunity, Josh, to be here again tonight. And yeah, and and I'm going to be in touch because I want to have you back on. I think that we can we can talk okay. about a lot of different things. We can talk oh, about yeah. conspiracy and everything like that. And so I'm looking forward to it, man. I appreciate your time tonight. Thank you for telling your story, and uh, our prayers are with you. And uh, we're we're here to support you. Just know that. And if you need anything, you got my number. Give me a call or a text, my friend. Thank you, Josh. Thanks for having me. God bless everyone, and uh, God bless the U.S. All right, guys, we'll be back in just a few minutes with more of the, of the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose. We're going to be talking about 17 of the storm. We're going to be talking about Donald Trump. We're going to be talking about what's coming. And I'm going to leave you with this to get you ready. We'll be right back. All right, but good to see you, Josh. Good luck with the rest of the show.
We are back with the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose. And yes, that is from the soundtrack of The Last of the Mohicans. That is the, the battle song, the battle cry. And that is the song that we play here because I think it is, that's The Last of the Mohicans, yes. That is uh, an amazing, amazing song that gets you riled up, that shows you that it's time, guys. It's time. It's crazy that last night, by the way, thanks, Luke Coffey, um, become a good friend. He's a phenomenal human being, and what he's going through is absolutely atrocious with the weaponization of the DOJ against conservatives. So our thoughts, and if you're able to support him in any way, shape, and form, please, please do. Um, Let's just jump right into this. So last night during the show, which our show was called Q the Storm, Q-U-E the Storm. Tonight is 17 the Storm. The reason is, is because it's kind of an extension off of last night. Now, I got off and I started going and looking at Donald Trump's retruths after the show. And I'm going to kind of go over my, my truth social. There's our show, right? And Donald Trump retweets or tweets Thomas uh, Kingsenstein, right? And, and if you didn't listen to Thomas Kingsenstein, I want you to listen to this right here. I want you to listen to what Thomas Kingsenstein says. Now, it might be rather long, so I might skip forward, but just listen to this. The woke comms clench the Democratic Party by the scruff of its neck. They tell us lies, and they silence those who challenge the lies. Okay, so he goes on to start talking about Trump and Trump's virtues and how Trump was probably the best damn thing that happened to this country uh, since it was founded. I'm going to play the last uh, about uh, 40 seconds. I want you to listen to what he says. And remember, Donald Trump... Tweeted this or truthed this, retruthed it, retruthed it again, and then retruthed it again four times. Could be loose. As Trump and his supporters know, political correctness cripples our ability to think clearly and act decisively. It is difficult to overestimate the significance of Trump's fight against political correctness, a fight which most Republicans are reluctant to engage. Only if Americans and their leaders stand up to political correctness and show it the contempt it deserves, is there any chance of preserving the American way of life? Okay, so that's one. Now, this gets interesting, okay? So he's talking about, specifically... What's happening to our world? It's being taken over by these communists, all right? Now, Trump made a series of truths, and I say it right here. Trump retruthed Keck. So he he retruthed a uh, video of Keck, okay? And so if you don't know the green frog Keck, it was out there. I'll I'll show you to you. Well, actually, maybe we can find it here. We're in Donald Trump. We're just going to go back one. We're going to scroll down. And and, and just check this out. So I I, I want you to understand, this is Donald Trump's timeline Okay. Donald Trump's timeline on True Social. And the Keck one might have disappeared. I think the Keck one did disappear. But there's a Keck one on here that was, is this it? Okay, this is the Churchill one. And I'm going to show that, play that one for you in a second. I wanted to play the Keck one because it was den- dancing. And you got to remember what Keck re- represents. Oh, there it is. So here it comes. It should be, um, it actually would be under this one because it was a reply to this one. 
destruction Smells of corruption I manipulate To recreate This air To go around saga Gotta launder My karma Karma, 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 karma Okay, so Donald Trump retruthed that, okay? So Trump, oops, it's still playing, sorry. Trump retruthed that. Then he did this one again, right? We're talking about memes. So memes. Then he goes on and plays, does this Winston Churchill one. Okay, let's play this one real quick. We shall fight in France. We shall fight on the seas and oceans. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. Okay. So he plays We Will Fight by Churchill, the, the, the famous speech, okay? Then he posts this one, all right? And this one is, I think I, I played the wrong one when I was looking for. There's a part in here. That's 741. I think it's this one right here. That's it. This is the one I'm looking for. Let's play this. Of relentless gale force winds. There it is. The strength of relentless gale force. So listen to this last part. I have not yet seen anyone who possesses or even fully understands Trump's virtue. Nor have I seen anyone with his backbone and fortitude. One does not appreciate the strength of relentless gale force winds until one is in the eye of the storm. Whoa. Until one is in the eye of the storm. So... Those are three references. So now I go back to my true social post, okay? And we look at this. We have the Keck, then we have Winston Churchill, and then we have Gale Force Winds, okay? We fight, we will fight, uh, we will fight speech, right? Before the, po he posted at 2147. Right before this, he posted at 2147. No coincidences. What is, so right before he started retweeting everything, he posted at 20, 2147. So remember this. Before he retweeted all this stuff, he he post he posted a truth at 2147. Look at the date, September 10th, 2018, four-year delta three days ago. But what does it say? Attention on deck, battle stations, memes at the ready, where we go one, we go all. Now think about this. Churchill's We Will Fight, CAC memes, where we go one, we go all. The storm. I, 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 see a, I see a signal being sent there, okay? And he did 2214 as well. Uh, I, I, I keep on doing those. Uh, so this guy, so this was weird. Donald Trump retruthed this one, right? What does that prove? Nothing but a bunch of Trumpsters. And I'm like, what the hell? This, is, this guy's calling out Trump, right? But what does he say? 
He says, what does this prove? Nothing but a bunch of Trumpers outside a secure area trying to get sensitive information. What about all the Republicans that were in the room, the auditors, the cameras, et cetera, et cetera? That is another bullshit conspiracy theory they pushed. Even if it was true, how do you know they were not doing that to benefit Trump? Okay. And so they're talking about January 6th here. Okay. You can't tell the people, you have to show them, remember. In the sense is, for removing Trump, guys talking about removing Trump, getting Trump out of the way, the Republicans, they did it to benefit Trump. And Trump retweeted this because it was part of the plan. Because it was part of the plan for the coup to happen, to let the coup happen. Remember what I've told you before, is the four years of Q, the communication before the storm, was to set up the deep state so that they felt comfy. When does a bird sing? After the storm, when the rain is all gone. They're on the tree branch. They're going, right? So when Joe Biden comes in, everybody and their cronies are all like, oh my God, let's get the deals with China going and Ukraine going and Russia going. Let's get the deals with Europe going again. Let's everybody start texting on our phones. We don't have to worry about anything. They put their guard down. And if there's a military operation occurring during this time, guess what they're doing? They're collecting all the data legally. Now, we do know that there's two courts that can issue FISA warrants. One of them is the United States Army's Judge Advocate General, which is in Texas. We heard this the other day. Um, Charlie Ward talks a lot about this. That's in Texas. Okay, so that's one. Well, how does the Army Judge Judge Advocate General go out there and issue FISA warrants? There has to be some type of investigation ongoing. Now, if you're going to investigate with FISA warrants, there has to be some type of secretive, clandestine, type of investigation going on. Well, we know that there's this guy by the name of Major or Major General Dan Kane. Donald Trump has touted his name quite a few times. Major Dan Kane, Raisin Dan Kane. This guy is the one who headed all special forces operations in Iraq, Afghanistan, and Syria that basically eliminated the ISIS caliphate in Trump's early years. Okay? Trump gives him full and complete credit for that. Okay, so... Who's Dan Kane? Who's General Major General Dan Kane? Well, he was a major in the United States Air Force when he worked for Major General Worley at the Air National Guard in Washington, D.C. on September 11, 2001. And he was one of the two F-16 pilots over the airspace on Washington, D.C. on September 11th who had full engagement orders to shoot down any possible enemy target. And you got to remember what happened from the from the... Pentagon, the vice president, who has zero military authority, who has zero military authority, I'll say that again, told them to stand down. And he testified this. So Dan Dan Kane, patriot, definitely a patriot. Well, see, after he eliminated the ISIS caliphate, Donald Trump sent Dan Kane, General Dan Kane, to oversee all special access programs for the United States military at the Pentagon. Now, that's an incredible position because... This person's going to have to have certain levels of knowledge. Did we lose a channel? I think we lost a channel. Huh. Weird. I don't know. That's, that's kind of weird. It looks, like, uh, or it looks like we lost one of the chat channels. Okay. But, so, oh, yeah, we Facebook. I, I don't know what happened on Facebook. It looks like Facebook uh, canexed us. <laughs> Did we get deleted from Facebook, people? Hold on, I wanted to check this out real quick. Your video is blocked and can't be viewed in 247 locations. It was because of the music I just played. 
Unfortunately, all those fucking people. All right. Anyway, sorry about that, guys. Sorry about that, Facebook, because I played that music. Typically, they don't care. Um, But anyways, Dan Kane. So he went and basically oversaw special access programs for the United States military. Now, what does that mean um, for that position? I want to go ahead and put this over on Facebook and give them the link. There we go. Okay, so what does that mean? In order to take that position over, he's going to have to have access to all the various special access programs, as well as he's like the main head of approval for various types of funding for special access programs. It means that anytime that this guy wants to create a special access program, they have to go through him. And so if wait, they knew all this was going to happen, if they knew how this is all going to play out, which we're seeing with the Q post, they knew. They knew exactly how this was all going to unfold. Okay. Then what they would have to do is they would have to create an investigation through the military, through military intelligence, under a special access program, or through a third-party contractor, government contract, through a special access program, have black budget funding for it, okay? Have that, that project be able to get FISA warrants directly through a judge who's read into the special access program, have it be completely compartmentalized, and at a certain point in time, that military campaign activates and begin spying very much like Crossfire Hurricane on Donald Trump, start spying on the deep state and collecting information for the last 20 months. Understand. For the last 20 months, they've been gathering all this information because you got to remember, we have it all, but we collected it all clandestinely, illegally. None of the information that was collected through the NSA was admissible in court because it was all collected illegally in violation of the Fourth Amendment. So this means that you have to go back there and you have to recollect this information, find the information for them that gets them for treason and sedition and pedophilia and all these other things. And that's what's been happening for the last 18 months. That's why we had to go through all this. This is why we had to go through everything, vaccines, viruses, the storm, political corruption, the weaponization of the DOJ. Yes, 40 people yesterday got raided by the FBI and their Facebooks got stolen, including uh, Mike Lindell. I should text his phone and, and, and say hi to the FBI. Jim. <laughs> but uh, okay, so if we have, let's say, this military campaign, by the way, raising Dan Kane after that appointment went to the CIA and he became the the CIA liaison to the Pentagon, the senior military official in response to the Pentagon for all clandestine operations. Hmm, that's interesting. Because what are we hearing about? And I've heard this from an incredibly reliable source. This isn't like those sources that have never been close to Trump or anything like that. This is someone who's ta- who's interviewed Trump, who's interviewed a whole bunch of other people. This is someone who is right there on the front line. And they've all told me various different information that just blows your mind that some of these generals that we saw, Colin Powell, Ramondo, these type of people, they, they were held in military tribunal, not in Gitmo. Texas. They, they were held in military tribunal and they were given the option. And so who's prosecuting them? What, what, how the case is being brought up? Well, they're military. So once you're military, like they, they could come and get me and take me to Leavenworth. There's nothing I can do. That, that's how I sign my life away, right? But this is what they have the power to do within the military ranks. And so I was also told by some other sources that there's military operations going out there to basically eliminate various different uh, globalist, cabalic 
structures around the world. And we've seen the evidence of this in Syria. When Joe Biden first came in, they were bombing. The United States was bombing various locations in northern Syria, which we knew was a hotbed of activity for Iran. The question is, is Joe Biden knew nothing of it. Kamala Harris knew nothing of it. Nancy Pelosi knew nothing of it. They, they told them when it happened that it happened. They're like, oh, they're all looking at each other like, I didn't know that. And so there's a faction of our military that I wouldn't say is working for Trump, but it's working under this type of investigation, this type of understanding that there is a criminal syndicate trying to take over the United States of America and usurp the Constitution and multiple people within our own government are corrupted, treasonous and are working with them and that the military is the only way. And I don't think, I, you know, I, I would say that I wouldn't say that Donald Trump is in control of that aspect. I think he can't. You know, think about that as him trying to communicate with these people. You'd need a proxy board of communication in order to do that. Huh, well, the cue boards. See how that works? Cue boards, proxy board of communication. I hide a message in those cue boards over a certain period of time. That message means something certain in the context to that investigation, to that uh, special access program, to the person who oversees it with certain amounts of directions. And so let's just say, and this is what I want to clarify for people. Let's just say that Donald Trump and the person who heads this investigation for the military, they meet up and they have the cue boards all fixed and figured out, right? And they say, okay, Donald Trump says, if I ever post on odd numbers after 30, so after 30 after the hour, any odd numbers that I post at, this is what it means. This is what the message will mean in the timestamp. If I posted any even numbers after 30 minutes, this is what the timestamp's going to mean. And so you can deliver context and messaging through this understanding of pre-negotiation. And so this is how they can use a proxy board of communication to communicate like that. And I think that that was one of the one of the main ways that the cue boards were actually used. Another way I do believe is that they set them up in some way, shape, or form to be highly fucking accurate. And this could be predictive analytics. This could be quantum computing, whatever it might be. So to finish up the Q series, cue the storm. Okay, let's go back in here because Donald Trump didn't just retruth that. Okay. Donald Trump yesterday retweeted this. Okay, right here. Donald Trump retruth. Right there. What does that say? The storm is coming. What did Thomas say in that speech? The eye of the storm. The storm is coming. Where we go one, we go all. Donald Trump retweeted that, dude. That is just absolutely mind-blowing. And look. Remember I was telling you about the meme war? Look what we're seeing. Tons of memes on Donald Trump's timeline. Tons of memes on Donald Trump's timeline. Everything is memes here. There is a meme war started. Right? Let's go to Donald. That's my profile. We don't want to go to that one. Let's go to our real Donald Trump. And tonight he's he's posting some stuff. Now, this is another one I wanted to show you. His last tweet last night, okay, this tweet was at 2021, okay? 2021. His next tweet is at 1348, 17 hours and 27 minutes later. 1727. That's pretty interesting, right? And I think I posted about this. Yep, there you go. 17-hour and 27-minute delta from last truth. Q17, post 27. 
Not everything can be publicly disclosed because so much ties back to foreign heads of state. Much will be revealed. We want transparency, but not at a cost we can't recover from. Now, on top of this, where was Donald Trump yesterday? Donald Trump goes golfing with AIDS, but no golf clubs, drawing comparisons to mobsters in Ocean's Eleven. We know he played golf. And we find out today that Donald Trump was with his lawyers. He met with them in Washington, D.C. in an open space because he didn't trust their offices, their phones, and his offices, and his phones. And he wanted to show up at a place they would least likely expect him to be, of which means it wouldn't be tapped. So what would Donald Trump Yesterday, when he's posting, reposting all these memes, CAC, and the storm is coming, and then talking about D-Class, we're not going to release it all, but we're going to release some information, and he's been talking about this for weeks with multiple different Deltas. Now we have the Deschenko trial coming up. We, we have John Durham unmasking this, uh, this indictment on, on Deschenko that basically claims this motion on Deschenko that says that he's lying, that he lied directly to get his job at the FBI. Okay, so what does this all mean? Exactly what we've been saying since the beginning. November 2020, I said Donald Trump is going to create a social media platform. He is not going to become president again in this term, in the Joe Biden term in January 20th, 2021. And when he creates this social media platform, it's going to grow. And it's not going to be controlled by the globalist or the deep state. And they're going to have no control over the data and the servers. And what happens is, is if you have that one point of dissemination, then everything else can distribute from it. And then when the time is right, when the point of vulnerability comes in the midst of the chaos, when the globalists are have their backs to the wall and they're trying to usher in the new world order, but their plan's been delayed for four years because of four years of Donald Trump. And he's been putting freaking forks in their spokes this whole time. He releases all the evidence on them. Crossfire hurricane, Russia collusion. We have Hunter Biden's laptop, Hillary Clinton's laptop, emails, these types of things. Nancy Pelosi's laptop. And we've already gotten hints about this. Uranium One selling uranium to Russia, Russia and United States going to nuclear, all this stuff. Okay? This is potentially what we are going to see. Now, I would assume that it's going to be a slow drip that most likely we're going to see Crossfire Hurricane Binder be released first, and this is going to cause much controversy. This is going to throw people like Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, John Brennan, McCabe, Rosenstein, all under the bus, that they colluded directly with each other to take down Trump, even though they knew all the information was absolute garbage and bullshit. And that's what he declassified. That's what we're about to see. And this is going to be one of the largest scandals in American history, but it's not on Donald Trump. It's going to be on them. And then also yesterday, True to Vote was also in Washington, D.C. Greg Phillips was in Washington, D.C. And he's been tweeting the storm up the last uh, day. So we could potentially see information on that coming out as well. Now, I proposed on the Dark Delight show earlier that what if Joe Biden, we talked about it yesterday, the 25th Amendment, Joe Biden, right? 888, right? October 8th, Joe Biden gets removed through the 25th Amendment. But do you remember that Donald Trump wrote a letter to Joe Biden? Does anybody remember this? I want you to listen to this real quick. What I'm going to be signing here is relates to uh, um, COVID. President uh, wrote a very generous letter. Wait a minute. 
wrote a very generous letter. A very generous letter? Joe Biden has always protected himself in his political career, him and his family. If Joe Biden believes that they're about to remove him through the 25th Amendment, either before or after the midterm elections, and there's good reason to believe this, because we know that when the American First Republicans come in, they're going to take at least the House. They'll probably take the House and the Senate. But either way, they're going to produce impeachment hearings. They're going to bring up dirt on Hunter Biden. They're going to bring up collusion with China. And this is going to ruin Joe Biden, which ultimately will ruin the Democrat Party after the midterm elections, which means that they should remove him before October 8th, I think, is that day. Which means that Joe Biden is going to be thrown under the bus because no matter what, those Republicans in Congress are going to investigate him. And he's going to be the fall guy. So you have to ask yourself, if Donald Trump knew this, knew this plan, then what was in that letter to Joe Biden on his desk that was very generous? How about a full pardon for Joe Biden and his family if Joe Biden does the right thing? I'm telling you... Joe Biden, at the end of the day, is going to save his ass. He knows they are coming after Joe Biden because when the American First candidates get into Congress, they're coming after Joe Biden. He's going to be the fall guy and he's going to take the whole Democrat party down with him, right? Okay, the Democrats can't allow that to happen, so they have to remove him from the 25th Amendment or health issues or whatever it is. We have the, the heightened security alert in the UK on the 19th. That's why he's riding in the armored beast. Well, I agree he doesn't deserve a full pardon. But if it takes down the rest of them, and how about this? What if, what if Joe Biden came up, and I'm just speculating, just completely speculating. What if Joe Biden came up and says, hey, I've just been, um, I, there's a special investigation going on into the 2020. I started it, and the military came back and told me I lost the election, so I'm going to concede to Donald Trump. He's on his way here right now. We're going to swear him in. What if that happened? That would be a boom. That would be an absolute boom. But I'm just saying, is what if Joe Biden becomes a wild card here? I don't fucking like the guy. I think he's a old pedo dementia suffering douchebag. But what I'm trying to say is, is Donald Trump left him a letter. And I'm pretty sure on that letter, Donald offered him a full pardon when the time was right. And now the time is right because the Democrats are moving against Joe Biden and they're going to take him out and he's going to become the fall guy. So that means that Joe Biden is now in the position to cover his own ass. Think about it. Listen, we're going to be back with you tomorrow. Tomorrow's show, guys, listen, Melissa Redpill, if you don't know who she is, she's awesome. She's on Rumble. Tonight, one hour from now, we have uh, the After Dark question and answer session. After Dark question and answer session, that is on socialredpill.com. All you have to do is just be a member, non-paying or whatever, on the socialredpill.com. I'll post the link right about uh, 9 o'clock my time, 11 o'clock Eastern time. It's a Q&A with myself. I'll be in there. I look forward to seeing a lot of you guys there. Other than that, uh, much love, respect. God bless you guys. You guys take care. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.